Uh, We started a new series last week, and we've kind of already talked about it here, called Core 52, where we look at Core uh, 52 passages from Genesis to Revelation as we look into God's Word. And, you know, last week I asked this question, "Do uh, do you want to know the Bible more? Do you want to know the Bible more? And in this book, Core 52, they talk about how 80% of followers of Jesus want to know the Bible more. And I'm going to say that we're overachievers. I bet all of you want to know the Bible more here in this room. Uh, And that would be something that we would value as followers of Jesus. We believe that God's word here is uh, this, this book here, 66 books in, in our Bible, is inspired by God. So we needed to seek him to grow in our faith. And last week I talked about being conformed to the image of Jesus. So we desperately need this word. But also the interesting thing with this question is there's actually a lot of people who aren't followers of Jesus yet that are want to know the Bible more. According to this book, it says about 60% of people who aren't followers of Jesus yet are interested in the Bible. Now, they might not hold to the inspiration that this is God's word, but there's an interest in there, whether it's Jesus or wanting to know more. Maybe they are even skeptic, you know, there's some skepticism there as well. But there is an opportunity as one, as we grow together as a church, uh, grow being conformed to the image of Jesus. Uh, And then also, though, as we are missional, reaching out to those who are disconnected, who don't know Jesus yet. So we have an opportunity here with this series. So I want to encourage you to, to dive in, to grow in your faith, but then also to invite others uh, into this series as well. Or at, at, at the very least, it gives you tools as you reach out to your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates to uh, invite them in to your lives. And then also to realize that, hey, uh, they ha- they'll have an interest and a curiosity in God's word. So this, the way that this series is going to go is that there's like shorter mini-series uh, within it. So the first one here is called Beginnings. Uh, beginnings, because we're going to the beginning. And what I love about God's word, and as we're going to see, and as probably many of you believe, is that God's word is applicable to our lives. So we can go all the way back to Genesis and even begin to see uh, how this really impacts our lives. And one question that many people ask, maybe you have asked, it's really like the meaning of life kind of a question is, why are you here? Why are you here? Or, uh, why are we all here, right? Why why am I here? Sometimes I feel like, uh, I don't know if you guys have felt like this, but our lives can feel like the movie Groundhog Day. Have you guys ever seen that movie uh, with Bill Murray where it's like, it's the same day over and over again where you, you get your kids up and ready for school. You fight them to get them out the door or to the bus and then you got to go to work and then you got to do the, the things that you do at work and then you pick up your kids you, you do, and then you have to fight with them to get them ready for bed and to do baths and go to sleep and then you do it all over again, right? This is, our lives can feel like, you know, why am I here? Is this all that there is? Or we could feel like, I wish my life was that simple. We have so many things going on. Maybe there's relational conflict in in our lives. Maybe there's sickness, there's death, there's a loss of job. There's all of these things, tragedy, pain. It's like, why am I here? Is this really what life is all about? 
And I really believe that as we look into God's word, he speaks to this right away in the first two verses in Genesis chapter 1. Now, I said earlier that a lot of non-believers or people who aren't followers of Jesus yet, uh, there's a curiosity with God's word. But then there's, a, there's another statistic I shared with you guys a few months ago that is in tension with what I just said. You can see up on the screen it says, trend uh, in Americans' uh, belief in God. And we can see uh, over the years, it's been pretty high. Now, this doesn't mean they all are, you know, gospel-centered, Bible-believing people, but they just have a general belief in God. But what we've seen here since 2016 is that this uh, has dropped from 89% to 81% in six years. So there's, uh, we could talk for hours about all the reasons behind this uh, statistic. And now one thing that is really, you know, heartbreaking in a lot of ways is they're forecasting that this is only going to continue in our country where this is going to drop more and more. Now, some of us might think, see, look at the world is going to you know where and it's going fast. And maybe there's a point to that. But I would like to think that I'm not okay with that. Are you guys okay with that? I'm not okay with that. I think that the forecast, just like how they would get the weather wrong all the time, I think maybe they could get that wrong, right? That forecast. That, and, and let's personalize this here. This could be somebody you're sitting next to. That's part of that statistic. It could be uh, your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, the people that you, you got together with for Christmas. These are the people, are the people yet to be born yet as the years and the decades go by that we love. Uh, and then every human being, of course, is created in the image of God. So I'm not okay with that. And as I said earlier with this series, uh, we have an opportunity with God's word that brings life and hope uh, and uh, meaning to people that this is our tool that we can use to be able to reach out to those people so that statistic doesn't have to continue. Of course, this is up to him, and we are obedient uh, to what he's going to do. But I am just not okay with that. So uh, to continue on here, I wanted to talk about three things. Even as you think about those people who don't know Jesus yet, and maybe you're some of them, and that's okay as well, uh, but there are three things that people really wrestle with as human beings. I asked earlier, you know, why are you here? Why are we here? There's three things. It's, called, it's identity, belonging, and purpose. Identity, belonging, and purpose. So identity is it's like, who am I, right? Why am I here? Belonging is how do I fit in? Uh, and then a purpose is, is about how, do I, how can I have an impact in the world around me? And these are actually uh, questions that young people uh, ask, uh, but really all people ask these questions and have these things that are so important, identity, belonging, and purpose. And we can find right away, as I said in Genesis 1 and 2, uh, who we are and how do we fit in and how God wants to use us as human beings. So uh, the question that I want to ask, too, as we start to look at Genesis uh, 1 verse 1 is, who created this world? 
who created this world. And now you might think, well, I know that, you know, God created this world, especially if you're a follower of Jesus in here or believe in God. But as we see with that trend of less people believing in God, there's more people that think that, you know, this happened by chance and there wasn't a God involved in creation. And one thing I'll mention is uh, about a year ago, we did a series called Frequently Asked Questions, those of you who were here, and I really dove really deep into that question. I would encourage you to check that out if you want to know more information. But with that, I'll touch a little bit on it here. So let's read uh, Genesis 1, verse 1. And if you have a Bible, you can open it up. Uh, But I will open mine here, and you can see the verse on the screen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So here we see right away, we believe that God created everything. Created the earth, he created the universe, the stars, all of those things. Uh, Now, as I said, there could be some people who think, you know, did this happen by chance or did this happen, you know, by accident, but... There's a book by uh, J. Warner Wallace called God's Crime Scene where he, he looks at the, he's a crime investigator, detective, that and he uses uh, some investigative techniques to, to figure out, okay, you know, did God, cre- was there a creator? Was there, he talks about a fine tuner that was involved in the creation of the universe. And there's a quote here up on the screen and I'll read it here. Uh, he says, if circumstances had, ju- had been just slightly different in our universe, no one would be alive today. The conditions had to be just so for the outcome to be life. So there is uh, all these statistics, all these numbers that I could say, but I'll just give you a high level of view of this where he talks about the, the age of our sun is so important to our existence. The size of our sun, the, the distance between the earth and the sun, it has to be just right. The, our moon, the tilt of the earth's axis, the fact that we, uh, the gravitational uh, force in the pull has to be just right for us to exist on the earth. I think you have a better chance at winning the lottery than for the creation of the universe to just happen by accident. All of these things had to line up just right. So God, and we believe, so you can think, oh yeah, there's someone that created that what we are living in now, but we believe, I believe that the God of the Bible and Jesus, he created the universe. So let's continue on in the next verse. Uh, Verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Uh, I love what the message talks about formless and empty as a, uh, the message is a paraphrase of the Bible. A soup of nothingness. It sounds like a very bland soup, right? It's like, I don't want to drink that or eat that. Uh, Bottomless emptiness. It sounds like my stomach right now. I'm ready for lunch. But I don't think... Uh, that's what he's talking about here. It's just this nothingness. There, there's nothing that's created yet. It's empty. Or I, another way to say it is this disorder, death, total chaos. The word there in Hebrew is talking about like a desert. A desert, like you're just going to die out in the desert, like you're lost out there. And I couldn't help but think about, you know, we're talking about Core 52 and understanding the Bible one of the things that when it comes to, you know, the first five books of the Bible and Genesis being the first one is when were these all put together, 
Right? This, is a, this could also be a long, boring lecture, but I, I won't bore you with that. Uh, but I believe at the very least, as Moses compiled all of these books, is that they were in the wilderness. Think about this. So uh, one of the things that's important, too, to understanding the Bible is what did the Bible mean to the original audience? And when we find that out, then we can apply it to our lives. And here is Moses and the Israelites, the children of Israel. They've been freed from Egypt, and they're wandering in the desert, and God is providing for them. And, uh, but at the same time, they're longing for the promised land. So when you think of this Genesis 1, verse 2, of this uh, desert, this, uh, this, uh, this formless and empty, it feels like a desert. It's right before God is going to create uh, the, the universe. And here we see the Israelites are longing for that as well. And I want to encourage you as well with whatever it is you're going through right now. You might feel like a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, like you're out in the desert. And yet God, the same God that was present at creation and the spirit was hovering like an eagle, trembling over the waters, is present with you as well in the desert, in your emptiness. So the Holy Spirit brings life, brings life uh, as the Spirit is hovering over the waters. I love in the next chapter, we see, and we'll talk more about this next week in Genesis 2, verse 7. uh, Verse 7 says, The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now, the word here, breath, is wind or spirit. So here we saw earlier the spirit hovering, uh, trembling over the waters. And here we see the, that God is breathing. He's breathing his breath, his spirit of life in to the to Adam, the human being. That here, even when you read the first uh, part of that verse, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. At that point, it's just a dead, you know, body. But then when God, he breathes uh, his breath of life, his spirit into the man, we see that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, brings the dead alive. This is what he does. We see that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And I even believe as we look at uh, the Exodus story that I referred to in the wilderness, the children of Israel are being guided by the Spirit of God. Uh, uh, It says in Exodus that they, they were guided by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The Spirit of God was was guiding his people in the desert. But let's look at what Jesus says in John's account of the life of Jesus in John chapter 20. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, saying this to his disciples as he is resurrected and he is charging them with this. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So peace, shalom, this holistic peace of redemption, forgiveness that God brings. He says, peace be with you. And then he says here in the next uh, part of this verse, and with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That Jesus, no doubt, he knows his Bible. I think we could all be okay with that, right? He knows what he's saying here, that he no doubt has Genesis 2 
in mind. He no doubt has Genesis 1 in mind when the Spirit is hovering over the waters. That this Spirit has always been about bringing order out of chaos. He is, he is about moving us from death to life. He is about creation. And he does that for us now. So the Holy Spirit sends us also to bring peace in life. So yes, we can receive the Spirit, the, the hope that, that we can have forgiveness of our sins. God can strengthen us. If you're going through a wilderness or a desert, if you're feeling like your life is chaotic or you're just feeling like every day is the same, you can turn to him and receive the Spirit. But then also we have this opportunity to share that with others. Because other people feel like every day is Groundhog Day. Other people are struggling. Other people are, are wrestling with all kinds of things. And we have an opportunity to breathe the Spirit on others. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the Holy Ghost Emergency Room. This is a reference from the book that we've been talking about, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And in this book, Jim Simbola, he talks about they were, you know, doing these prayer meetings, coming together. A lot of different people from different backgrounds are, are coming to faith and being freed. And he says this in his book, we started to think of ourselves as a Holy Ghost emergency room where people in spiritual trauma can be rescued. I love that uh, phrase. I love what he says there because, again, we, we can go back to what, how the Spirit has been moving from the beginning in Genesis 1 and in Genesis 2, breathing life. And now we can rely on that same Spirit to bring freedom and a hope to us who are struggling. So I want to encourage you, if you feel like you're in a desert, if you feel like you're wrestling with something, if you feel alone and isolated, to turn to the Spirit who can bring death to life in your life. I couldn't help but think of, when you think of this Holy Ghost emergency room, it's really uh, encountering God uh, together in various settings. And I remember I was at a youth retreat my last year in Lakeville, uh, Minnesota, and uh, Always a great time to do something like that with students. And the last night of the retreat, sometimes you kind of wonder too with, with high schoolers and middle schoolers, is it registering, right? You, they could just be, you know, like this, you know, and, you know, or whatever. So you're just kind of wondering what's going on. So we, you're, you know, kind of discussing the last night with prayer and worship. And I thought it was really cool. This one middle schooler, he was in eighth grade and he was just said something simple, not like long, drawn-out sermon like this right now, but he was just saying, he just said, God is here. God is here. And to hear someone articulate that, he, God, the Holy Spirit was present. I couldn't wait to tell his parents uh, what uh, he said to articulate that. He noticed that God was present. I love that uh, Kelsey and the youth group, they're going to be in a few weeks having a worship and prayer time, and that would be my prayer for them as well. A Holy Ghost emergency room where God is present and where the students can recognize that. But we, too, here on Sunday morning or in our life groups or, or even after the service when there will be people here that you can uh, be prayed over with, that those moments as well could be Holy Ghost emergency room moments where God is present, where Jesus is breathing on you and saying, receive 
the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit emergency room is where God brings order to chaos. I remember, I'm like, I guess I have a, these retreat examples, but I was at a, uh, a, a, I was going to Bible college and I went to a retreat. And, but when I went to this retreat, my grandmother was recovering. She was getting surgery for uh, a tumor and uh, things seemed to be kind of okay, for, I recall. But I went on this retreat and my, you know, my aunt encouraged me to go. I'm like, okay, I'll go and I'll just call and check in on things. And those of you who don't know, my grandmother was super important to my life because when my mom passed away when I was, you know, seven years later, uh, my grandmother really took that role as a mother in my life. So um, uh, when uh, uh, the next day when I called to check in to see how my grandmother was doing, I found out that she passed away. And when I found that out, I'm like, I could think, like, why am I here? Like I asked at the beginning, why are we here? Why am I here? And the only thing I could think to do is I need to get my friends. We need to pray. We need to have the Holy Ghost emergency room moment. And we went in the back of the worship center like this at the retreat center, and they just prayed, and we sought God together. That's what we need to be about. If we really believe that the Holy Spirit brings order into chaos, we saw that in the beginning in Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit hovering, quaking, shaking over the waters, over our lives as well, over the Israelites as they're wandering in the desert, and they're looking at this story and realizing they need God present in their lives. He does that too today. We saw that with Jesus in John, in the Gospel of John, where he breathed on his disciples. And these disciples, so if you think, I have to be perfect, you know, uh, let's see, who should I think? Jeff, you know, you have to live perfectly your whole, uh, for, at least for a few days, and then God is going to send you out. I'm like, these disciples, they deserted Jesus. They denied, uh, Peter denied him three times you would think he's probably not going to get a second interview at any church for uh, being a pastor, right? And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. I am sending you. You are all worthy to be sent, each and every one of you. So my big idea for us is simply the Holy Spirit brings order into chaos. He brings order into chaos, so I wasn't sure if I was going to do this. I was kind of wrestling with this and praying, but I'm going to get down over here with you guys. Now, I can't hover over you. That wouldn't be safe. <laughs> but I'm going to walk through the aisles here and pray over you. The Holy Spirit is present. He's hovering right now. Let me pray. Father, I am thankful Thankful for your presence. Thankful that your spirit was present, hovering over the waters, over the chaos, over the emptiness. I pray for those in this room who are feeling that emptiness, who are feeling chaos, who are feeling hopeless, who are wondering, why am I here? And in this moment, your spirit is here. Jesus is here, and he is breathing. He's breathing on you, saying, receive the Holy Spirit. 
will you receive the Spirit? Receive the Spirit. Receive His Spirit. Father, I don't know what people are going through right now, uh, but you are all knowing. You love each person here. They are worthy to be sent by you. Not because of anything that they did, but because of what you did. You love each person here. You lay down your life for them. I pray that we would turn to you today. Your spirit is present. This is a Holy Ghost emergency room. So spirit, work here as we were praying and as Stephanie was sharing. Many, many of us are broken right now, but you see us through it, whatever that it is. Thank you for your faithfulness, even when we stumble and fall. Thank you for your grace and your love. You demonstrated that by sending your son, Jesus, for us. While we were sinners, alienated from you, Christ died for us. I pray for anybody in this room, if they're watching online, who have not yet turned to you, that they would place their trust in you today. Turning to you, confessing, yes, I've fallen short. Welcome to the club. We are all broken. We are all in need of being in that emergency room. So may they turn to you, confess how they've fallen short, and you are faithful to forgive them, cleanse them, make them clean. I pray that uh, you, that by your Spirit, you would bring us together. Bring us to you first and foremost, but bring us together as a church. As you grow those connected, but even more connected by your spirit. Help us also to reach out to those that we know, that we're praying for, that don't know you yet, are struggling, are wrestling with things that seem hopeless, and that you would move mightily in their lives. Thank you again for your spirit that continues to create, that continues to redeem and continues to breathe life where there is death. Thank you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen.